I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the jumping Jordan guy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man, I'm so freaking hyped, man. It lived up to everything, right? This Jordan documentary that has literally been hyped for, I mean, definitely for years. the past three, three or four years, but I, I mean, we... We learned about these footage. A lot of us, you know, had heard about these these tapes, you know, for years that have been locked away in this vault, and you know, Jordan had you know hadn't signed off on this for a while. Jordan and you know NBA and all this stuff, and and finally, you know what, you know, three or four years ago, we hear it's you know at least starting production, and just it, it it's finally here, and to see. There's this. There's a thousand documentaries out in the world about sports, but this one it just it. It has a whole different vibe to it. And I know some people might attribute that to quarantine. And quarantine life is definitely helping the hype. But quarantine or not, this would have, I I believe, the same amount of hype that it it does right now for literally one of the greatest sports icons of all time. Yeah, the quarantine definitely helps. And we're talking about The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary that was released uh, Sunday night, if you watched it. Uh, the first two parts, I'm pretty sure on, on Netflix International, if you guys are out there, and it's probably be on ESPN Plus later, uh, but you can go watch those. And they're doing two parts every single Sunday for the next four weeks, so they just did part one and part two last night. We're going to break it down on today's show because we both think that Jordan is the GOAT. Uh, we have no, not gone so. as far as retiring Jordan's number like the Heat have. <laughs> which is odd Um, the Mavericks have not done that and we have not done that on this podcast but we want to break it down because this is a big sports moment it was a big live moment for everybody and we just want to talk about Michael Jordan and want to talk about basketball and it really felt leading up to it like it was a finals game (laughs) sort of people were tweeting about it all day people were excited about it um Colin Cowherd said (laughs) this morning he goes (laughs) dang it I want to read the actual tweet but he uh it's it was, it was so hyped from everyone that people were just looking forward to it. There's this there's these tapes that had been recorded from the 1998 season, and it just been left in a vault, like Isaac said, and nobody um, would sign off on on actually showing it. But um, <laughs> Colin Coward this morning says there will be no cocktail today, as I need to be clear minded for the MJ documentary. Total focus. Hashtag committed. It really felt like. <laughs> I mean, like, we were joking, like, what what big TV show? I mean, we both loved Game of Thrones and just... Loved past tense. Yeah, we're just waiting for those episodes to come out. And, and yeah, and just one of the best TV shows, you know, going into that last season to where we were... I mean, it was just that wait, and you're like, all right, waiting for that time to come. So it really felt kind of similar to that, but it was bigger than that for me. I even joked... I I texted Nick, and I said, this is the most excited I've been in, in like, a long time. (laughs) And Nick responds back, he's like, you just had a kid like two months ago and <laughs> and i was like all right sporting event and uh but honestly i mean i i treated this like i mean i yes and i'm so excited because my wife has heard me talk about this guy for so long and seen me collect his shoes and knows that that was what got me into sports and passion and all that stuff and so 
us talking about and her seeing all this stuff it, it was just fun to relive texting things with my dad today oh my gosh it's so it was so fun tonight texting with my dad about things about this documentary and what and my earliest memories of wearing that Michael Jordan jersey uh, on my little tykes goal and us running around our house after the sixth title uh, in these work boots <laughs> and jerseys and we're like screaming around our house in Kentucky and I Michael Jordan is sports to me. And so this tonight was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. We're going to break that down. We're going to talk all about it, all the different angles. So if you haven't seen it, uh, we'll hit some of the big things. But it's also not really a spoiler alert because these things have all already happened. It's a documentary. It's not like this is new content. But we want to talk about that. Before we do, let's get into some uh, news around the NBA. Uh, according to ESPN's Tim McMahon, the Bulls, the actual 2019-2020 Chicago Bulls, are interviewing Michael Finley, who is currently the Mavericks assistant GM. They're interviewing him for the GM job of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, and this was something we kind of saw coming, but a Maverick in the news, Michael Finley, played for the Mavericks, obviously, and now he's in the front, been in the front office for a while, and now he's getting an interview for a big job somewhere else. Yeah, I was super excited for him. Chicago native. That that was the big thing. That was the big kicker there because he does have a lot of ties to Chicago. And you, know, you heard that talked about, you know, a couple of years ago when they drafted Jalen Brunson. Brunson being from Chicago. He's like, hey, you know, a local kid in Chicago, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, yeah, when this opportunity, you know, came open with their new president of basketball operations, Arturus something uh, from the Nuggets. Cornisovas. There you go. Um, that guy. Uh, and now they're looking at the GM stuff. So, you know, when you look at Dallas's the makeup of Dallas's front office and the big decision makers, he's one of them now. And when you look at Cuban and Donnie and Rick and and Finn and, uh, you know, Dirk used to be a part of that, whatever his role is going to look like moving forward. And so, you know, you think of some of these you know, the you know, that small group of people, Finn's one of those guys and letting, you know, not really letting, but, you know, him branching off from that and taking it, which this is what they've been grooming him for. So, yeah. I mean, it's awesome that he's getting this opportunity. And man, I hope he gets it for his sake. If he doesn't, I'm fine with that too, because we want to keep him in Dallas, but uh, I'm happy for him right now. Dirk also still has that role. He's just not as active as maybe he was in the past, right? Like, yeah. If he came in and had something to say, I think they would listen, right? I think they would listen, but if he wants to bring Rondo back, I don't know if uh, <laughs> they'd be down with that. <laughs> oh, is the statute of limitation up for us to tell the, the story about the player that wanted Rondo? No, no. Okay, we'll, we'll tell it something in four years. <laughs> all right, uh, that's that's all the news we really have uh, with the Mavericks right now. Obviously, nothing's really going on, but let's get into this Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Um, so this basically started, and again, it's the 1998 season for the Chicago Bulls. So this is after the Bulls had won five titles. They had won the first three. Jordan had taken the year and you know the 18 months off to play baseball. Came back one, two more, and then they're starting this next season, which was going to be eventually. We know it's going to be their sixth championship, and they started this, and they're talking about a rebuild going into this next yeah. season. I mean, Jerry Krause, the GM, was really painted as the villain of all this so far. Uh, this guy was just like from the depths of hell. It seemed like when they started this documentary, Jordan's calling him, you know, fat and short, and giving him, <laughs> giving him all this crap, and uh, at the very beginning, and uh, but then Krause comes out and he talks about how you know pretty much everybody besides michael jordan on this team pippen uh it would be kukoc kerr all these guys ron harper they were all past their 
your prime, I guess, or past the age of what did he say, like effectiveness or something, effective age or something. Yeah, uh, and they were getting ready to start a full rebuild with Phil Jackson and everything. They were gonna, they were gonna not re-sign Phil Jackson, which just sounds like the most insane thing I've ever heard at this point. Because now we know Phil Jackson, Zen Master, eleven titles, all this stuff. But back then, it was. Now, you know, it was he, that was his first coaching job, like his first head coaching job. Uh, and he had just been a former player at that point, uh, like a Steve Kerr now, right? Like, you know, you could see it maybe a, a team moving on from a Steve Kerr type uh, at this point in his career. But it was just wild to hear that, that that's the premise of this whole season is Jerry Krause was thinking about rebuilding the entire team, except for Michael, basically. Yeah, that, you know, that was. You know, we'll sprinkle this in there of what we didn't, you know, fully know, learning more about this now. And because for both of us, you know, this was, you know, my early, earliest memories of sports was MJ. And so just knowing like the Jerry Krause thing, I was texting my dad. I'm like, dang, I really hate Jerry Krause. And he goes, you don't even understand. He said, I hated him so much back then. <laughs> and uh, he said, I really didn't like Reinsdorf either. But yeah, they, they definitely, you know, painted and it's just crazy thinking and seeing how things, you know, were ran back then and how they are now and just what media and Twitter and how it would have reacted to things back then. Jerry Krause, stand, you know, talking to media and saying this will be Phil's last year. It's like, whoa, that was like wild. You're, like you're going into like it's just. It's hard to comprehend that they've they've won five out of the last seven titles, which is one that's just insane in in itself. That I mean, yeah, we hear and we talk about all the time about six titles and blah 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 blah, but just the how difficult it is to win titles and in that they're going into that season winning and have won five of them, which is nuts. But yeah, I mean, you look at MJ and you look at that last year and even some people might forget that this season, this 97, 98 season, he's 34. It's not like he's 30. You know, it's not like he's 29 in this season. He's 34 in this year. I mean, that's not the youngest person in the world there. And I, I remember, I remember having in my room, this, this picture of the roster is like the team photo and I remember I used to be able to like go and read all their names so tonight as like a fun thing I I sit there and I was like how many players can I name from this team <laughs> and once you get past the big three and then I'm looking at like Tony Kuko and you know Steve Kerr and then you start getting into <laughs> my wife thought I was like really nerdy because I'm like oh yeah Randy Brown Judd Bushler Bill <laughs> Wennington I'm like going on she's like what the crap like what and I'm like this was the team Team, man like this was this was that team bill wennington's facial hair was its own character during this documentary i think he has like the three triangles going on i don't know what's going he, on with it he has to have a harley <laughs> he just, he's, a jacket he with tassels at least some kind of jacket with tassels on it uh, he but, has but yeah that that opening shot of him in front of the window I, I mean, just incredible. Like, that just got me in the feels. Like, it's like, oh, man, let's go, baby. I was so excited. I looked over at my wife, and I go, that's Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, and just... She was I, like, I yeah, think, obviously. <laughs> I think for, for people who've, like, followed Jordan over these last, you know, years or even decade, like, Jordan just doesn't do this that often. Like, we haven't yeah, seen Jordan in the limelight and doing all of these things. So, seeing him talk so much... And he's an was just a breath. <laughs> Yes, yes. Which that's we could talk about that a little bit later in his view on tanking and you know, why, yeah, all that stuff. But 
Um, Think about how often we hear Mark Cuban talk, and I know that we cover the Mavericks, and I know that you know a lot of most all of you listening are Mavericks fans, and we are hypersensitive to whenever Cuban talks. But like the the amount of times Cuban talks compared to the amount of times Jordan talks is insanely different, especially about the past. So, all right, coming up, let's get into some more of this documentary. I want to talk more about that Phil Jackson situation. Get into the Scottie Pippen angle of it because this was a big episode number two was a big Scottie Pippen episode. So let's get into that coming up next. But before we do, Isaac Harris, right now, if any time, a lot of you guys are stuck at home. Uh, we just, just announced that in Texas and here in Florida that school is going to be um, you know, out until the, the end of the year, at least online. So if you're a teacher, if you're a student, if you're stuck at home, if you're all the people work, working from home, uh, I know you guys need to eat. <laughs> you need to eat all the time. You need to get stuff. And Postmates is one of the best ways to do that. Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery, whatever you can think of delivery, convenience stores, clothing stores, you can name it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore because I can just go to Postmates. Download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites. Get anything you want delivered within the hour. I mean, convenience right now, right? Absolutely. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit with your first seven days on the app. To start your free deliveries, download the app. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase. You can get whatever you want. And it's basically just the price of the thing, right? You don't have to pay that extra because it's $100 of delivery credit in the first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Isaac. Let's get into the um, let's get into more of the Phil Jackson angle of it because he had won the five titles. He had been the, the you know the coach. He was still the coach of the Bulls when Jordan went and played baseball. So he had been there for a while, right? There's those basically two years. Jordan comes back for the end of that second year when he was out, you know, with baseball. <laughs> he was out with baseball. It's like it was an injury, um, and then he has you know his contract is up, and they're not going to read. Krause didn't want to re-sign him. And then all of a sudden, you know, the ownership and all that, Jordan says, I'm not going to play for this team if it's not Phil Jackson. And so they signed him to a one-year, $6 million deal, which is a ton at the time. That was a record for a coach at that point. A lot of money, but just one year. And Krause came out and said, this is going to be his last year coaching the Bulls. This was before the season. I was th- I was wondering this while I was watching this. And it's really hard to watch something like this, a historical type documentary, and not try to compare things. You know, you're comparing the style of play, you're comparing, you know, what the players look like, what how fast they were, you're comparing all these things. And I was thinking about all this stuff that the Bulls went through and that, you know, Krause kind of self-inflicted on himself and the team and all this. And by the way, if you didn't know, Jerry Krause has has died. That's why he's not in the documentary. He he may not have been even if he wasn't dead, but uh, that's why he's not going to be able to give his angle. But information just moves so fast now in the NBA and just in life in general that action action seems to follow so quickly because you can basically make an action with a tweet, right? One tweet and LeBron can say, I'm retired from basketball. And that's it. That's gospel, right? Like That's what it means. All he had to do is he could be sit on the toilet and and tweet that. With Back then it didn't really, it wasn't as fast. And so you wonder if that's why things didn't move as fast and that's why this team was able to stay together at that point because... They weren't able to just quickly like make a move like that with a tweet or with you know information getting to them as fast. You know what I mean? Like even with yeah. even that video of 
Pippen getting drafted. He's wearing the Seattle Supersonics hat, and they're telling him, hey, you just got traded to the Supersonics. Like At this point, that happens in the draft now, but players know about it because of Twitter and because of texts and you know all that stuff. He had no idea that it had just happened, even while he's getting interviewed. How much do you think that you know the speed of information helped this Bulls team kind of stay together because no one was able to make such swift movements like that? Yeah, I think it, it definitely helped some. I think you know one of these things it shows you is you hear about this all the time, but like all great teams, like it's going to end at some point and it takes a toll when you've been to so many different final runs and you see like that Warriors team and, you know, even, you know, when they first started with Steph and Clay and Draymond stuff, then they get KD and, you know, we all knew it was the end, basically. Like, everybody knew it was probably going to be the end of that last season for them. And KD ends up leaving and stuff. And it's like, every all of these great teams, like, it's going to come to an end at some point. And a lot of times, it's quicker uh, than, than, than we think. Uh, think back to the Heat, only winning two titles. Think about the Warriors. Like, it's just like, okay, KD joins. Is this going to be a thing? It's going to be like six years. Shaq and, and Kobe even, and ending after yeah. 04. A lot of people didn't think that would happen. Yeah, and so like you know, this Bulls run here, you know, yeah, we want to say run, you know, it goes in two different little stints there, three and three as far as titles, but yeah, I think it, it it's fascinating to think about just these things that if they happen in today's world of social media, how fast they would travel and how much it would stir up stuff in teams, and because yeah, I mean, one of the big takeaways from really this whole documentary moving forward, these next eight parts of it is just seeing the conflict and the stuff with Jerry Krause and I mean just that relationship between Krause and Jordan and then Krause and Pippen that we see later on but like Jordan knew his power like that was the crazy thing like he knew he he knew his power and him sitting there at a podium after winning his fifth title saying I'm I'm not gonna play for another coach like I'm playing for Phil I'm playing for Phil Jackson and that's the coach I'm playing for and it's like he knew his power and we don't like, like if that happened right now, that would like that would be the talk on every talk show host for five days straight. But it does happen now. We have guys that sit out. Kawhi Leonard sat out for the Spurs. I mean, one of the most stable organizations in the NBA, probably the most stable organization. And he sat out and he wanted to get moved and he didn't want to be part of the organization anymore. And that's the kind of empowerment. It came from Michael Jordan in a way. I mean, obviously players yeah. before that, Bill Russell was a freaking you know, coach, <laughs> player coach at the same time and other things happened like that. But uh, Jordan, they're taking a page out of Jordan's book in that way yeah just we'll just see in the open animosity i think players now are more a little bit more reserved a little bit there's some stuff going on that you know try to they're trying they literally go through media training as players now of yeah. how to you know you know to to not stir up this animosity stuff and then, i mean how many times tonight do we see you know jordan being asked about something he looked up at the you know at uh reinsdorf and Krause's office <laughs> and him saying that i'm only gonna play for mj and it's like there was so much tension there that like they didn't hide it. it they just let it out in the open. And for MJ, he just didn't care because he knew he ruled the world pretty much. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> he absolutely did at that point. Uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was wild. The other thing is you mentioned the, you know, the, the warriors and their kind of dynasty run there. They were created in a way because Steph was underpaid I, I wrote down a list of stuff that I did not know during this documentary. Like I, I was during this 98 season, I was six years old. So I didn't know anything about this. Um, I did not know Scottie Pippen was like the hundred, like not even in the top 100 highest paid players in the NBA during this, like during those titles, he's, he signed it. He's, he early signed, you know, that seven year, $18 million deal. 
And man, which is funny thinking about it, which now. is like, crazy just, thinking about that. Just, I mean, seven years doesn't even happen now. It's not in the CBA for it to happen. Like it's impossible. Um, Tim Hardaway made like 18 this year. But anyway. When one year. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just wild to think that, you know, every single, you know, like team like that is made with some kind of, you know, salary advantage where some player gets paid way less than they have than they should, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is just wild to look at. And Scottie Pippen, even though he was on he was not on his rookie deal, he was on a second year their second deal, uh, he was the guy that was underpaid to make it all happen. And you hate the like the background of that story. And well the background like, of the story uh, is the reason why it happened. Yeah, and just like I knew that all I knew about the Pippen thing at the end of that run was like his contract was up and you know, all that stuff and you know, those tension, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know it was the seven year, 18 million. And it's like, yeah, you think about it back then of like, dang, you signed on for seven years, which is crazy. You know, it's not allowed now uh, to sign that long, but hearing why he signed it and the fact that Reinsdorf, the owner of the Bulls, sat there and said, I told him, like, no, you shouldn't sign this. Like, And hearing Scotty saying, I had to take care of my family. Like, I had to, you know, provide for them. And he wanted that security. Scotty didn't come from North Carolina. Scotty didn't come from Duke or Kentucky or one of these. He went to central Arkansas. Like, you know, and you just hearing his story of, like, how much he grew in one summer. And, like, he kind of just elevated his game. He didn't even really go to central Arkansas. He was the equipment manager <laughs> at central Arkansas when he first got there. That was definitely something I didn't know when I when I was watching this. He came in as a six foot one equipment manager for Central Arkansas, which even which now like I don't even know if that's that's college. Like is that still a college? I guess it is. Bill Clinton apparently knew what it was. But back like back then it was not even anything. And uh, you could you could tell by the gyms that they were playing in, right? Like you'd see some like the footage that uh, that they were showing some of these uh, Scotty Pippen dunks, but he grew he went through a growth spurt, which is seems to be the the case for every great NBA player. They go through a growth uh, spurt at some point in their later years, right? They they learn how to play learn how to be a guard and then they grow six inches over one summer and then they become a great NBA player. Jordan did it, uh Pippen did it again. Anthony Davis has a crazy story about that too. I, Anthony way, Davis but. is probably the pinnacle of doing that, but yeah, uh, yeah. Scottie Pippen's story of of coming from nothing, twelve brothers and sisters. His dad has a stroke when he's young. Uh, his other brother was in a wrestling accident in gym class. Like that, my wife like gasped when that happened because she's a teacher. Uh, but he got paralyzed, and so he grew up with uh, twelve brothers and sisters. His dad was in a wheelchair, you know, after his stroke, and it was really bad. And then his brother was in a wheelchair as well, and then getting to this first NBA first real NBA contract and taking the years and taking the you know the security needing that security uh, after going through what he went through I mean that was just wild and I, I did not know any part of that about Scottie Pippen's story yeah I didn't know yeah I didn't know the stuff about his family and stuff either and yeah just seeing yeah a guy like that that didn't go to a big school rise to being this ultimate Robin role on this top Bulls five team. pick in a draft <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Can we talk about Jordan's college years? Yeah, coming up, let's get into Michael Jordan. Let's get into a little bit about his North Carolina years because I know that Isaac thinks that he was a steal where he was drafted. And then we'll also talk about maybe his load management. All right, Isaac, let's get into Michael Jordan at North Carolina. The documentary, it does talk about the 1998 season, but it kind of weaves in and out of, you know, Jordan's life and then Pippen's life and you know goes goes back and forth so they also took a section of this part of the documentary to talk about Jordan first coming up at North Carolina uh, and the way James Worthy talked about him I thought was great he said Michael Jordan yeah I was the best player on that team 
for like a week. <laughs> and then Michael Jordan pretty much took over. I thought that was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, this is one of my favorite parts. Um, yeah, he goes to North Carolina, and obviously Dean Smith is an absolute legend. And if you can dive more into into their relationship, Dean Smith and MJ's, it's really incredible to look back on. And obviously Dean Smith has, you know, has passed on now. But uh, I love the part to where uh, his mom read the letter from him from so college. I thought, I thought that was incredible. And, I sent you, you my, know, I sent you my sh- bank information so you can send money, and I need stamps. <laughs> yes, such a college person. I love, person that. So um, I love looking at, hearing about that first year of college because yeah, I mean North Carolina was way before way before us. So hearing more stuff about his time at Carolina, I absolutely loved. And you know that that freshman season at North Carolina was. I love all the Roy Williams sound bites in this. He's like, you know, we invited him yeah, to so a good. camp. And, you know, before he came to UNC and we walked out, uh, you know, after that week saying he's he could be the best high school player in the country. They said and, he uh, was. He, he said walking out, he was the best player in the country. So, yeah, he goes to UNC and it's like his freshman season, he plays in the national title game and he hits the, I mean, one of the most iconic shots in, in college basketball history to win the national championship. And I think this, this is a forgotten thing that adds to his legacy, I think, to being the greatest of all time. Time that he won on the biggest stage in college basketball too. Poor Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing gets put. Out, he gets beat in the national title game. Little does he know he's gonna he's gonna go to the NBA and uh, Jordan's gonna uh, keep him. Uh, yeah, from winning title in his place for a or in a, in a place. <laughs> yes, and you know, and I, I do want to focus or at least say Jordan played three years of college basketball. And I know we'll talk about it a little bit in a second, but he pretty much missed majority of the year that he broke his foot. This is four years that what if Michael Jordan could have came out of high school straight to the NBA? How would that affect his all-time numbers? We see all of the you know all-time scoring and all all these all-time stats that that MJ has. This is four years out of his career that some some players coming out of high school get to add to their resume, which is crazy. Some players like. Kobe, Le- Kevin Garnett, LeBron James, Tyson Chandler. Speaking of LeBron James, is he better than Michael? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, okay. Well, but no, I think that is a reminder that he true. did play three three years of college, which is crazy. And the fact that he wanted, man, this sucks for Knicks fans. The fact that he was very comfortable with Chapel Hill and that he wanted to stay. But Dean Smith told him, no, you need to go pro. <laughs> If he stayed and came out in 1985, do you know who had the number one pick in well, 1985? You already mentioned who they selected. Patrick Ewing uh, was selected by the New York Knicks. Um, but anyway, but back then, who knows if they still would have picked Patrick, Patrick Ewing? Yeah, uh, yeah. They were talking. You know, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon goes first in that draft. My wife looks at me and they goes, "Why?" She goes, "Why would they not pick Michael Jordan first? Uh, and I was like, "Well, the number one pick wasn't that." contested even now i mean no. akeem yeah. won two titles he's a hall of famer and all that the second pick was the one that was really like dumbfounding like why would you do that but seven footers were valued a lot more back then uh and somebody yeah. even right after they showed that that clip of the the draft they said well he's not a seven footer so he won't he won't matter in the nba right like it was just wild that yeah. that was the mentality back then and so maybe patrick ewing still would have gotten drafted first and the georgetown connection and all that and michael jordan goes three and with the fourth pick, 
of that draft, the Dallas Mavericks select another <laughs> North Carolina Tar Heel in Sam Perkins. There's also a crazy story behind that that y'all can dig in deeper because we're already pushing time. But you can dig deeper into the <laughs> where Dallas was going to land in this draft. And it goes down towards the end of that regular season of Dallas and uh, Chicago and yeah, just some regular season games at the end of that season that it might have came down to the very last game of that season that could affect that affected some lottery uh, odds right there to where Dallas could have been at that third spot. And who knows? Jordan and Zion will never know the difference, the difference (laughs) one game can make in a season. Uh, We also need to mention before we go that. Uh, Rick Carlisle makes an appearance in this documentary uh, when Jordan yes, plays in his Jordan's second year, right? And he comes back from the foot injury and they're playing the Celtics, a 69-67 win, uh, Boston Celtics with uh, you know Larry Bird and with Robert Parrish and with McHale uh, and also with Bill Walton at the time. And um, man, it was just a stacked team. And Rick Carlisle had to guard Jordan at some points in this game. And you can just see on Rick's face just... The look of just absolute disdain, frustration, just absolute like, what do I do here? And this was the series that, you know, this was coming after the season in which he broke his foot. And there was so much of this, you know, part two that talked about that and load management and all this stuff for him and how that kind of created a friction between him and the front office about that. But, you know, he they hit the playoffs. He helps lead them to the playoffs. They play Boston that first round. And that's when he goes into the garden. And, man, if you didn't think Jordan was a star before that, which he was a star, he solidified his place as a star because he drops 49 in game one. And he comes out in game two and drops 63 points in the Boston Garden against Bird, McHale, and all those guys. I mean, he just, gosh. I mean, anyway, anyway. It's wild. So, all right. We'll uh, we'll break down this more as we go on. We're, as you can tell. Can I read Dwayne Wade's tweet? Go ahead and read Dwayne Wade's tweet. This is your one more thing. This is my one more thing. And y'all know that I like to hate on Dwayne Wade a lot. But tonight he had had a tweet that for the first time, It's absolutely incredible. (laughs) And I think it personifies just everything about it. He said, man, MJ had it or he had, yeah, he had it. He had it in quotes. The, (laughs) he was chosen to be the goat. And it does like, that's the thing with like, with Jordan and like I've I've always said this I've told you this before the only player that's ever reminded me about that it factor was Kobe that it's wild that you see how Co- how Jordan just how he plays and how he acts and that fire and this that passion it's like Kobe's the only other player that you really kind of see a resemblance of that in or since since Jordan and just Wade saying that like he was chosen to be the goat I think that's a, a cool choice of words for that because it does feel like Jordan was chosen for that role chosen to be the greatest player to ever play this game and just how he lived how he walked it his whole journey from college on through his career it's just it's just crazy but there's so much more we could dive into uh, yeah. the fact that when jordan was a kid his dad would ask him to hand him like a you know a phillips head screwdriver and he would hand him pliers and he would tell him to get his ass back in the back in the house because he didn't know the difference between tools and he wanted to please his dad, and so he tried to do it playing basketball. So maybe Michael Jordan became the greatest player of all time because his dad made fun of him for not knowing what tools are. <laughs> like, the origin story can be traced to so many different things. It's wild. Uh, yeah. There you go. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow. Continuing our finals flashback, we're going to talk about game – we're on game five, right? Yeah, game, game five. We'll do game five tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. 
Peace out. Boom. Boom.